Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for October 2nd, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming. And and the more I teach this, the more I preach this, the more I know it is that greater is coming for us. And why can I say that? I can say that because I know God made plans for us from the foundations of the world. And as you and I, as we die to self, as we die to the old version of ourselves, it's, it's like before we were born again, it's like we were living our lives with a fake ID, with a fake identity. We didn't even know who we were. And then we discovered Jesus. And once you, once you discover Jesus, you discover yourself. And then you begin to, to live as that person, as, as that version, becoming the man or the woman that God has called you to be. And once you start living like that, greater is coming for you. So this is part 38 of the series. Uh, The title of today's message is God will locate and lead you. God will locate you. He will find you right where you are and he will lead you out of your situation. We serve a God who will locate you and who will lead you. Let's talk about it. Today I'm covering 1 Samuel chapter 22. We've been studying the life of David and this is 1 Samuel chapter 22 verses 1 through 8. So here we go. In yesterday's message, uh, we were able to, at least I was, and I'm trust that you were as well. We were able to identify with David at his lowest point. I know that you've been there. Like, I, you know, we've all had low points, right? And so we were able to kind of peer into the word and, and, and use our Holy Ghost imagination and see David in that cave in Adullam. And he was at his lowest point and he didn't know what he was going to do. And he was all by himself. And, and I'm sure he was questioning God. I, I believe, I, I, this is just me. I love to use my imagination. I could see him crying, weeping in that cave. I know I would have been crying. You know what I mean? So he comes out of the cave. And then we saw how as he's walking out, oh my God, I could only imagine that. He walked out and he saw his brothers, right? I mean, like his brothers, the, the his brothers who had an issue with him before, his brothers who didn't like him, his brothers who were jealous of what God was doing in his life. He walked out in Adullam. He's way far from his house. And nobody even knows he's in this cave and he walks out of the cave and boom, he sees his brothers and he's like, whoa, what are you guys there? And they're like, man, we got you, baby. We're here for you. And it was almost like all the issues that they had in their past was all wiped away in a wave of God's love. And then he looked, it was like, oh, mommy, daddy here too. Boom. And their his parents are there and a wave of God's love. And then some men started showing up and it was like, yo, we pledge our allegiance to you. And they kept showing up and it was man after man, after man, after man, until 400 men showed up and they, and these, these men, they pledged their allegiance to David and they became, uh, uh, later to be known as David's mighty men. I mean, so David at his lowest point, boom, God turned it around and it wasn't like David did anything to earn it or to deserve it. It was the grace of God. Boom. So now he's like, okay, now I got these men. We saw how he took his parents, took them over there to the king of Moab, said, hey, can you like, I'm going to enroll my parents in this Moabite 
Witness Protection Program. Can you watch my parents, please, sir, as I figure out what God is going to do for me? I don't even know what God is going to do. I just know it's going to be good. I don't know what God is doing yet. God hasn't spoken to me yet. I just know it's going to be good. But while I try to figure out what God is going to do for me, can you watch my parents? He was like, you, I got you, I got you. And so he went back and now he has his mighty men, 400 men, and his brothers are in the ranks. I love it. He has his 400 men. They're known as David's mighty men and his brothers are part of it and his brothers are submitted unto him. And so, so then he begins to fortify the position. David was like, I don't know when Saul is coming, whatever. So they begin to fortify the position and David begins to train the men. Remember by this point, David was already a military commander. He was a commanding general before of the Israeli forces. So he knew how to train men. So he's training the men. He's fortifying the position. He stayed in the cave. And the Bible says that the Lord blessed him there and he wouldn't move from the cave until God spoke to him. He was like, I don't know what to do, so we're just going to wait till God speaks to us. While we wait, we're going to fortify the, uh, the position, and we're also going to train the men. And that's a good point that, I, that I, I think is worth noting, is that sometimes we move too fast. Sometimes you shouldn't move uh, unless God moves, unless God speaks. Sometimes you could, if you don't, what, don't know what God is doing, and you don't know what God wants to do in your life in this moment, in this season, how about you don't do anything? How about this? I, 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 it's just that today people are too impatient to wait. Right? I mean, but how about you just wait? Remember when David said to the king of Moab, can you watch my parents? He said, I don't know. I mean, God is going to do something. God is up to something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to wait. David waited until the Lord spoke to him. I mean, he just said, look, I'm not going to move. And so he waited until the Lord spoke. And then the Bible says that when we don't know how long that was, but the Lord moved upon a prophet. His name was Gad. And, and the prophet Gad goes to David and says, I have a word from the Lord. He was like, all right, what's up? He said, this is what the Lord says. The Lord wants you to leave the stronghold and return to the land of Judah. Now, Judah is part of Israel, right? So Judah means that if we go to Judah, Saul is going to find out about it. Sometimes God will lead you. I'm telling you, so, sometimes living by faith for you to experience the miraculous Sometimes God will lead you to do the ridiculous. And so, so to live by faith, you got to live by faith at the risk of looking foolish. God is saying, go to Judah. He was like, Judah, Judah belongs to Saul. Just go to Judah. And the Bible says that David, he received it, he believed it, and he obeyed it. When you get a word from God, you need to obey it and obey it quickly. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Let me say that again. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So he got a word from God. He believed it. He received it. He obeyed it. Boom. They took off. So David and his men uh, went to the forest of Hereth. This is in Judah. And so it didn't take long, of course. Now he's within the, 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 the walls of Israel. So he gets there uh, on, on Israeli ground. And when he gets there, the Bible says that Saul, King Saul, got word that David was in Judah. And when he received the word, he was actually sitting under the tamarisk tree on the hill in Gebeah, holding a spear in his hand, surrounded by his officers. And when he found out that David was in Judah, he lost it. I mean, like, so this is what the Bible says. He, he jumped up with the spear and he shouted, listen here, you men of Benjamin, has the son of Jesse promised any of you figs and fields and vineyards? Has he promised to make you guys generals or captains in the army? So, why have you conspired against me? Now, this guy's a king. He's the king of Israel. And he's not acting like a king. 
he's not kingly. There's some leaders, like sometimes a president, all right, look, stop, who don't act like a president. But okay, I didn't say that. Did I say that? Let me just, let me get back and be fo fo focused for a minute. All right, I just slid that in for free. All right, so anyway, he was a king. He wasn't acting like a king. He wasn't acting kingly or presidential. He was no longer stable. He was going crazy. He, he was losing it. He knew that God was no longer with him. He knew that God was with David and it was driving him nuts. So he went on to say, listen, for not one of you guys told me when my own son made a solemn impact with the son of Jesse. And you guys are not even sorry for me. Think of it. My own son is encouraging the son of Jesse to kill me. And you guys are not even feeling sorry for me. Come on, dude. You're a king. What are you talking about? I feel sorry for you. I mean, he was losing it. He was going crazy. He thought his own son was trying to kill him. And this is what happens to those who fight up against you and who fight against God's kingdom plans and purposes. This is a good example of what happens to those who touch God's anointing, all right? So what does this mean for you today? What does this mean for you today? I have four things to share with you on this morning. I'm about to get into these four things. I want you to open up your heart to receive, slow down, rid yourself of every distraction. Four things, number one, here we go. God will locate you wherever you are. My, we serve a God who will always locate you. He will find you. David later wrote the 139th Psalm. And in that song, he explained how impossible it is to ever hide from God. Like you can't hide from God. There's no way you can go to escape God's presence. If you go up into heaven, God is there. If you go down to the depths of hell, God is there. If you were to go from travel all the way from the east to the west, watch this. God will be there in the east. As you take off the travel to the west, he will be with you while you go. He will also be in the west waiting on you to get there. He'll also be back in the east right there where you left. He's everywhere at the same time. There's nowhere you can go from God. God is God. He is in all places at all times. Say amen to that. I cannot give you a grid coordinate where God is because there is no grid coordinate where God is not. God is everywhere. David uh, was, was in a cave in the middle of nowhere and God located him there. Not only did God locate him, but God sent his family. God sent men to meet him. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. They had no, David had no GPS locator on his person, right? David had no tracking device on his phone. David had no low jack on his car. I mean, like, think about it. David is in the middle of nowhere in a cave and God located him there. Not only that, but God sent his family there to meet him in a cave. Not only that, but God sent 400 men to track him down and to meet him at his lowest point. I'm we serve a God who will locate you no matter where you are. When David was at his lowest point, God met him right there. God located him. And watch this. God will meet you right where you are. But he loves you so much that he loves you just the way you are. But he loves you so much that he's not going to leave you there. So he will locate you right where you are. But he loves you so much that he's not going to Leave, leave you there. He located him and then he led him. He located him and then he led him. God will locate you and then he will lead you to what's next. He will lead you out of your situation. We serve a God who will locate you and he will lead you. Say amen to that. See, you should always give God praise 
for locating you. I mean, like you, you, you know, you've been there where, where there are moments where you don't even want to talk to God, right? There, there are moments where you don't want to think about this. You don't want to think about that. Don't come to me with this. Don't come to me with that. And God will still locate you right there when you need him the most. When you are at the lowest point, God will remind you that I am still God and I love you, son. And I love you, daughter. Matter of fact, you didn't do anything for me to start loving you and nothing you do can cause me to stop. I love you and I will locate you no matter where you are. And if you meditate and medicate on this realization, on this thought, it will give you peace. Say amen to that. All right. Number two, hearing from God is essential. Hearing from God is absolutely essential. Once God locates you, now he's going to lead you. The leading aspect, the leading component is critical. Some Christians, they attempt, let me explain the difference between being led and being driven. So some Christians say that they're driven. So, so they just drive, they drive, they drive their lives. And the focus is on them, not on God. So they're like, I'm driven. I'm driven. I'm going to do this. I can do anything. I, I get up in the morning. I go to sleep late at night. I'm a driven man. I'm a driven woman. Yeah, but God didn't call us to be driven. He called us to be led. People who are driven, they're coming up with stuff. They're going after stuff. And then they're asking God to bless it. But there's too much emphasis on you. And so, so God never promised to give you what you want. God never promised to bless everything that you do. If you, if you came up with it, then it's your will. Matter of fact, let me say it this way. If you come up with it, it'll be too small for God. If God comes up with it, it'll be too big for you. So God, when you're led and not driven, God will lead you to do crazy stuff. See, David was being led. So he said, we're not going to move out of this cave until God speaks. When, you, when you're led and not driven, what you're saying is, listen, I am not in charge. I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. Sometimes I feel like I don't know anything, but, but, but it doesn't matter. While I don't know where I'm going, I do know who I'm following. See, the Bible likens us to sheep and sheep have a terrible sense of direction. Sheep don't know where they're going, but it doesn't matter. They know who they're following. They can see the shepherd. When you are a sheep, you're saying the Lord is my shepherd. And because I'm following him, I shall not want because I'm following him. He's able to prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies before, because I'm following him. He's able to see to it that my enemies get what's coming to them because I'm following him. He's able to open doors for me that no man can close. I don't know where I'm going. I don't have all the answers. Believe me, I'm telling, I'm not that smart, but God is on me and in me and with me and for me and I'm being led. It's all about him. It's not about me. David knew that God was up to something. Now he didn't know what he was. So he stood pat until God spoke. And that's how it is. As born again believers, we got to learn how to not move unless God says move. And we, we need to learn how to, this series is about faith and patience. You know what? Some people just don't have the patience to wait on God to move. I get this question all the time. Well, well Rick, how do I hear from God? How do I know the voice of God? Well, first of all, you got you to gotta spend time with God to hear his voice, but God can speak to you in a myriad of ways. But one of the things I got to tell you is that you can't be in a hurry. Like you can't be like, all right, God, speak to me, but hurry up because, you know, I got to go send this email. <laughs> God, speak to me, but I need you to hurry up because I'm about to go to the office. No, you can't put God on a clock. You can't be in a hurry. I'm not saying that it's about time, you know, like a time component, but you do need to slow down so you can hear his voice. So you could discern what God is up to. And if you slow down long enough and you say, you know what? I'm not going to move till you say move. And I'm not going to go until you say, go, Father, speak to me. And you acknowledge that there is a God and you're not him. Then God will speak to you because you're acknowledging him and you're listening to him and you're waiting on him. 
Say amen to that. All right, number three. Number three. God still speaks to us. Now, I don't know why, but there's some crazy people that think that there's some things in the Bible like prophecy. Oh, yeah, that finished. That ended when the apostles died. Where do you get that from? I mean, can you give me some biblical evidence for that? No, God still speaks through people today. Now, if God sends somebody to give you a word, that doesn't mean that they're a prophet. Some people have a prophetic anointing, and some people just said, hey, God told me to say, that's it, right? So that doesn't mean that they have to be a prophet, but there are some that are prophetic. God God does anoint some people to operate in the prophetic. And so you got to, if God sends someone to you, be open to it. Don't put limits on how God will speak to you. God can speak to you a myriad of ways. I say it all the time. God can give you a dream while you're sleeping. He can give you an open vision while you're awake. God can send people to you with a word. God can speak to you through the Holy Spirit while you're reading the Bible. God can speak to you through the Holy Spirit while you're driving or while you're praying or while you're doing the dishes. Just be open to God and he will speak. And number four and finally, last point for today as I close, look at me. I've told you this before, but I need to remind you. Don't worry about your enemies. God will deal with your enemies. Don't waste good energy on bad things. Don't keep good records of the wrongs that people have done to you. That's that's what don't. You don't have time for that. If you are so focused on your per, on your purpose, on becoming the man, the woman that God calls you to be, then you're not going to have time for things that are not productive. David didn't really spend a whole lot of time thinking about Saul. David was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And whatever God said, boom, that's it. Saul was the one that was worrying about David. Saul was the one that was was all frustrated, going crazy because of David. See, when people come up against you, God has a way. And it's not like God even has to do anything to them. All God has to do is remove his protection, like he did with Saul. If God removes his protection, if even for a few days, okay, oh, they want to talk about my son. They want to come up against my daughter. All God has to do is just remove his protection. And once he does, they get to feel the weight of the pressure of what it feels like when you come up against God's anointing. When you put my name in your mouth, listen, you got to be careful. The Bible says, touch not God's anointing. You don't even know me like that. You shouldn't be talking about me. I'll pray for you because maybe you don't even know what you're doing, but you shouldn't have my name in your mouth if you don't know. Don't be talking about me. Don't try to put your hands on me because my God, he got my back. I'm saying all God has to do is remove his protection off of you and you will buckle under the pressure of the weight of this world. And so we serve a God who is our protection. He is our defense. God is a God of justice and recompense. So look unto him and don't worry about other people. Just rest in God's protection. Say amen to that. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. It's Friday morning. As you go into the weekend, I want you to speak this over your life. This is a strong confession. So say it. Speak words of faith from a believing heart. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for speaking to me on a regular basis. I am your sheep. I hear your voice, the voice of a stranger. I will not follow. I am never hopeless because I'm never helpless. You are always with me every second of every day. Your spirit has taken up residence inside of me and you lead me now by the Holy Spirit. I have an inner conviction that leads me in the way I should go. You also speak to me through other people. You send people to me, some who are prophets and some who are not, and they speak a word into my spirit. I receive the word that you send and I obey it as a tailor-made word for me. Mm. You also speak to me through your written word. 
as I read the Bible, it's like the words jump off the pages and they come alive in my heart. So Father, I don't have to loosely stumble my way through life. You lead me in all things at all times. And when people come up against me and your kingdom plans and purposes, I would just stand by and watch as they buckle under the pressure that comes against those who fight against God's anointed. This is why I can boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button and put in your email address. You're going to get my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, go into this day knowing that we serve a God who will locate you and lead you. He will find you right where you are and then he won't leave you there. He will lead you in the way that you should go. Go into this weekend looking up and not down, looking forward and not backward. Greater is coming for you. And then do me a favor. If this message has been a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat. And then also, I read every comment. And then also, please share this message right now with your social media, your timeline, and with your friends. Let's let everyone everywhere know that God will locate them and lead them because he loves them. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you on Monday. God bless you.